0: What's going on, guys? Welcome back to Let It Grow Investing. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping in. Um, you know, today we have got a good amount of news to talk about from the, uh, the Build Back Better, um, some different things going on in the Senate, and uh, some different problems we've been having in the different markets and indices in the past week or so. But uh, overall, we're going to do a recap on uh, how the markets were treating us. This year, look at some different key metrics to look at um, going forward to see a company's health, and uh, you know some different insight from some of the different executives out there, what they're doing, and how we can use that knowledge to help us out. Uh, but first, thank you guys for uh, you know making this first few months in this podcast a uh, a great success. I really didn't know where it was going to go. It was just something where I really wanted to get some different information out there. Uh, you know, to hopefully help you guys out and, uh, and get you started or to, you know, educate you a little bit on some different things that maybe you didn't know and you were just looking to buy um, some different funds or, you know, just trying to kind of, you know, dabble a bit. But hopefully this is um, helping you out, get invested and, uh, you know, give kind of a direction as to where to go, where to put your money to work. Um, you know, so thank you. Thank you. It's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's definitely been something that I've, I've had on my mind for a while. Um, you know, that works well with my schedule of having a small business and being able to do this and, and talk to you guys about, uh, some different things going on in the market. Plus it's, uh, certainly made me a little bit more aware of uh, all the different things that are going on out there and really making me do some more research on uh on different things to bring to you guys so uh you know but if you want uh, anything individually covered uh feel free to uh, message me or um comment in the in the group or even on one of the uh you can contact me through the anchor.fm slash let it grow you can also help support the channel on that link as well uh we are currently uh in about 26 countries which is uh Awesome! I never thought we'd get to that point in such a short amount of time. Uh, you know, granted, some of them are are very small percentage of the uh, the makeup of the uh, the analytics here. But uh, I am grateful for everyone tuning in and checking it out. Uh, so please make sure to like, subscribe, and share, and uh, you know, help continue to grow the page and hopefully get some more knowledge out there and and have everyone be a little bit. Uh, better set up for their investing future, retirement, whatever you're uh, planning for, whatever you're looking to put your money to work for. Uh, so again, thank you. means means the world world to me. Um, going forward, you know, for 22, I really want to uh, do that uh, investment type challenge. Uh, for me, I think I'm going to set up a portfolio where we can put in about uh, 200 bucks a week. Uh, you know, about ten thousand four hundred a year, and really see what we can do with that money over a year time frame. Uh, so that's really what I'm looking to do. Maybe we're going to do some sort of polls as to where to put the money, what uh, different plays you want to see be made, and uh, you know, obviously, uh, I'll, I'll try to narrow it down into choices that I think would be good, and then we'll we'll go from there. Um, that way, we can kind of invest as a group. We can see where everyone's mind at and minds are at in and uh, what decisions we make and uh, hopefully make some good choices throughout the year to uh, to really benefit that uh, that portfolio and see where we can go. So if you want to follow along, feel free to do that on the uh, the Facebook group. I'm sure we're going to do some interaction on there and, uh, you know, plus I'll, I'll, you know, probably do some screenshots and and show how the portfolio is doing on there as well. So uh, that that's the plan right now. So if you want to follow along, go ahead and get uh, get a portfolio set up with some of the links below either on eTrade or Weeble or uh, you know if, if it's a, gonna be a crypto uh, as well. Uh, kind of hard to do that through one portfolio at this time, but we can do some of the uh, the, the different you know people who are invested in uh, in Bitcoin, micro strategies, blockchain, marathon, uh, you know some of the different uh, the blockchain companies or Bitcoin futures. So those different options are out there as well, but uh, yeah, going forward, um, we have got uh, the Build Back Better plan is on pause. Uh, Joe Manchin, senator of uh, Democratic senator of West Virginia, has basically reversed his um, his thoughts on you know going forward with it. He says he can't get to the point to support this uh, this bill, so he is um, currently in talks. That's uh, kind of the word on the street that he's still. Still talking, you know, even though they kind of said he was done with it. Um, it looks like the White House is still trying to say that they're they're still in talks to make something work. Uh, I don't know how they're going to modify it. I don't know what he needs to uh, really be able to pass this bill. But uh, that's that's where he's at right now. Currently denied, uh, which led to a, a good sell-off. Uh, Monday morning, we uh, definitely saw some some sell-side pressure. Uh, ultimately, this uh, the Build Back Better was going to be a, a boost to the markets, to a lot of the companies, to the citizens, and you know maybe maybe not the best thing over the long term for the economy. Taking on more debt that we don't really have uh, a way to repay, we're just kind of pushing that uh, that budget, uh, you know, that deficit lower and or higher and higher, really, to where you know we've got more debt to repay over a longer period of time. Uh, I think for those reasons he could not get uh, get behind it so for uh, for now it's on hold we will ultimately see uh, where it goes he did say he wants lawmakers to focus on the inflation that is at 40 year highs uh, we've talked about that a bit and things that could be uh, an inflection point towards the downside for inflation you know the the Fed is still doing the the, the tapering quicker and they're going to be doing uh, interest rate hikes uh, I've heard talks of about eight to nine interest rate hikes over the next few years uh, to get that interest rate somewhere around two and a quarter to two and a half percent. Um, so, uh, again, you know, we've got uh, banks that are going to do well in that environment. It's going to be a hedge against those, those higher inflation rates. Uh, a lot of their PEs are still very low. So, that could be a good play right now. Also, we're looking at uh, energy stocks. And uh, some of the growth names that have been beaten down uh, heavily, uh, that's still going to be a good play for me uh, as a long-term investor. You know, those, those higher rates don't really favor growth stocks as they are going to need to borrow money or just make the cost of doing business a little bit higher. So for their, those reasons, the, the growth stocks tend to not do as well in that environment. Uh, but for me, I'm a long-term investor on a lot of these names. And uh, I definitely think that there is going to be a bright future ahead for them. Uh, so I'd rather get them when they're getting beat down than when I'm overpaying for them. And uh, that, that's how I like to do a lot of my stock picking is, is a lot of value where I can see that path to success and, and really, you know, gr- financial greatness from these companies. Uh, I think they're in the right place at the right time sort of thing. And I ultimately want to pick them up. So I will buy them on the way down and, you know, build that position. And when it gets low enough, I will be trying to load a full position for me. And, you know, that being said, I've, I've talked about the tier one, tier two, tier three type positions. Um, you know, some of the growth stocks are either two or threes. They don't tend to be tier one positions for me. Uh, I leave those for, for names like, you know, Apple, Tesla, Microsoft, AbbVie, um, you know, some of, some of the other big names that are in the portfolio right now. Um, so when I'm, I'm looking at that, um, I'm looking at, uh, you know, companies like ChargePoint or, um, you know, Matterport, SoFi. And, you know, when you, when you look at these names, uh, they do have a path to, uh, to a lot of financial growth and revenue gains and different things that are, um, really going to be doing well for us in the long term. Right now that's, it's really rocky. It's really wavy out there. Uh, the swings from day to day are, Higher than I I remember them from a few years back, um, where we will see these, you know, one and a half, two percent days back and forth, plus minus, plus minus. And normally speaking, a couple years back, I feel like it was like half a percent. And then it was a big deal if the the Dow was, you know, six, seven hundred points. And now it's like every other day is like the Dow is, you know, six to a thousand points. It, It seems like. And, you know, we're, we're just along for this roller coaster. So we've talked about the peg ratios. We've talked about a couple different things, the PEs, when to buy, looking for these companies that are doing, uh, you know, raising their growth, raising their revenues. And they're ultimately, you know, still have cash in the bank. They still got, uh, you know, enough pieces in the chest set, if you will, to make these moves that are going to get them uh, to those goals that we're, we're ultimately looking for. Uh, one other thing I wanted to bring up and, uh, you know, when I'm, I'm looking at SoFi here and you know, it was, uh, currently 1459 pre-market 1493 up two and a fourth, uh, no, not two and a fourth, 2.4%. Um, but right now I was seeing a lot of different things on, uh, insider activity of, uh, exercise of options. On uh, last week, and I believe it was about 500,000 options that were turned into purchases on different um, uh, CEO or not uh, C-suite executives of the company that are looking to buy into the stock at these price points. I think it was somewhere around eight and a half million dollars that insiders were buying into um, these, these company or into SoFi right now. So when we have that type of information, we know that uh, the insiders are buying it um, and they're buying it at the, these price points because obviously they think the company is going to do better. Uh, I tend to agree with them. We have sold off heavily on this one back to that $14, $15 level. Um, this is one that I have been buying. I am trying to load up on it uh, to make it a tier two position for me. And ultimately, that just means it's it's a mid sized position in my portfolio. Um, the, the amount doesn't really necessarily, um, really matter. It's more about a percentage makeup of my portfolio, but I'm trying to build this portfolio while it's down at these, uh, these price points, uh, I'm trying to get this to pull up here because I, th- I think, you know, SoFi definitely had a, a run here and and now they have pulled back to these levels where I was trying to buy it a couple months back. Uh, trying to get, uh, right back to the page of the, the all time highs here. Um, cause my average is 1650 on this one. So it is down a bit for me. Um, we had a high of $28 and 26 cents in February. Uh, but more recently we were more around that 22, 23 level. Um, and that is back in November. So, you know, we, we pulled down, um, 30 some percent in, uh, in about a month and a half. And, you know, for that reason, and you know, a lot of the bank charter is going to be coming through here very soon. We've got uh, student loan forgiveness is going to be expiring next year. Um, uh, so there's a, a bunch of different things where SoFi is set to do better in that millennial market with, uh, student loans. Uh, the bank charter is certainly going to help them get into other markets. Uh, like we've said before, they they partnered with other companies. But now they're going to try to do it themselves, which uh, ultimately won't change the company too much, but it will look better on paper that everything is in-house. Uh, so again, insider buys, a bunch of different uh, positive catalysts that are going to take this one higher. We've definitely cooked in this base around that 15 level. Um, you know, I think back in August, we were, uh, we were in the 13s, but uh, in that 14 range, Uh, I definitely think it's a buy. I will be, you know, continuing to buy into this one uh, on these, these prices where we're, you know, under 16, I will lower my, my cost basis. I do like it under 15. I don't really think there's too much downside when we go over to the analyst research. um, Where do we stand on this one? This internet is being slow. You would think with gig speed and everything else, it'd be quicker. But anyhow, um, average price point on this one of twenty four seventy five dollars uh, over the next 12 months. So it represents an upside of about 70%. Uh, the low price target over the next 12 months is $19, which represents 30%. I will take that any day of the week if it uh, if it gets back up to that. And we can see 30% year over year for a few years, I'd be, be loving life on that one. So, um, like I said, I'm buying this one. Analysts agree, insiders agree. The uh, The bank charter, the uh, student loan forg- forgiveness that's going to expire, uh, a bunch of different things. The earnings have been doing well. Uh, a lot of different reasons that I'm buying this one. And, uh, you know, I, I do think it's a good price point. And ultimately something that I do want to add Um, so yeah, that, that's one that I'm looking at. Like I said, there's other banks, there's other, uh, larger companies that have, you know, dividends and things. And that is something that I would like to get into, uh, after the break, but we will take a a short uh, pause here and I'll be right back. All right, we are back. Um, so we wanted to talk dividends, right? Um, you know, like I said, we were looking at stocks in the, uh, bank energy, uh, smaller growth companies. And, uh, one that I think is going to do well next year also is going to be healthcare, uh, both insurance and pharmaceutical. Um, some of the, uh, the bio, uh, pharmaceutical also, but, uh, those tend to be a little bit more growth oriented and that doesn't quite fit even though, uh, you know I, I think they're gonna do well they they don't really normally pay dividends unless they're part of a, a larger company uh so so for that reason we're we're gonna stick to the other ones right now but uh you, you guys know i like a diversified approach uh when i say that you know i like uh, some gross stocks i like some large cap some small cap um, what i originally started in more heavily was uh stocks that paid a dividend that was really my focus But I've I've kind of branched out. I had built a uh, a dividend portfolio that was uh, paying me yearly, uh, you know, a good chunk of money. Uh, I've since dialed that back, and to get into more growth, as some of that those growth stocks came down, uh, I really was focusing on those. So I I ended up selling some of my my dividend stocks uh, in order to focus more on growth. Being you know thirty four. I was really looking to get more into some some growth to, to really, um, you know, get my portfolio to the size that I ultimately want it to be. And then, you know, as I'm older, swap back into some safer dividend names, maybe mixing some bonds when I'm in, in my 50s, 60s, maybe. Um, but like I said, I, I do the crypto, I stake the crypto. Uh, there's a bunch of different assets to where I want to mix it up. I don't want to be all in tech or all in healthcare, energy, anything else. Uh, so ultimately, I, I mix that money around, um, probably more than I should. Right? I have a lot of names in a portfolio. Ultimately, you know, if you have ten to twenty, you're you're probably fine to have enough diversification. Um, for me, I was buying different things based on uh, a little bit of the dividend. I wasn't really chasing dividend. I guess on some of them, I could have been said that I was, uh, you know, in names like at that were, were dead money, but they paid a 7% dividend. They weren't really going away. And now, you know, they're, they're cutting the dividend and they're they're splitting the company and they're doing a bunch of different things, maybe going to unlock some value but ultimately that wasn't one that I wanted to be in long-term. So I had sold that. I told you guys, I had sold some Exxon. Um, you know, like I, like I said in the previous episode, I still have Chevron, still have Enbridge, still have Marathon Petroleum. So I'm still in, uh, oil and energy, um, ultimately in uh, a, a couple different ways there. And, you know, if you had one or two names that would probably suffice, um, but for me, I'm in a couple more until I can find a, a spot where I want to ultimately close a position. I will, I'll keep it open if if it's still doing well for me. Um, but yeah, Exxon had been, you know, plus minus. It, it never really got out of its own way. Uh, so I I left my my money in in the others and and ultimately closed the the Exxon, uh, although it did pay a good a decent dividend. I think I was around six percent on that one. Um, that was really one of the only reasons that i was staying so i I closed that and let the other ones uh carry on for me but um you know so ultimately what what am i looking for on on these dividends i'm really looking for these dividend growers um and i i reinvest these these dividends also to where they they're paying me to hold on to them and they're growing yearly uh, but they, I want them to be stocks that are going to grow themselves also. I don't just want a dividend and, and the rest of the money to be, you know, to be dead and not growing as well. So I want a growing stock and a growing industry with, uh, with that dividend that is also growing. That's, that's ultimately what I was looking for in these dividend picks. Um, I will let you guys in on a bit of a secret. Um, one of the quickest ways and most effective to find, um, dividend information, what they pay, when they pay, how much they've raised it. Um, if you simply go on to Google and type in whatever ticker, um, say for example, HD or Lowe's, uh, we'll, we'll do Lowe's because I know they just had a good raise. So we type in uh, LOW, Dividend History. And when you do that, you're going to get a, a list of results. Um, one of the ones that I they frequently use is streetinsider.com. If you simply go to streetinsider.com, you are going to have to pay for this. Um, But if you type it in in the uh, Google box and then click Street Insider, it will bring it up. And then if you wanna type in another ticker once you're on Street Insider, uh, you can do that and you get all the dividend information without uh, paying for premium. Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure it's, a, a misstep on someone, but, um, you know, I've been doing it for a while and, uh, and it works. So I've, I've just been going about it that way, but anyhow, um, so that is a, a piece of information that has worked the best for me to find out dividend information. The, uh, the yield, what the yield was when, you know, a different, uh, dividend was announced. So, you know, you can use that information as well. If it was, you know, 3% yield in the past and it's, you know, 1% now, you understand that the, the price went up or the, the dividend went down, but then you right next to it, it'll have the change uh, like on Lowe's. It says, uh, you know, July 20th, happy birthday, mom. Um, 33% uh, increase on their dividend on that day. Went from 60 cents to 80 cents on that dividend payment uh, so it was an upgrade in that, that payment. So previously, it was a 9% on October 20th. And back in 19, they raised 14.6%. So we've talked about Home Depot and Lowe's doing these uh, these larger dividend payments. And uh, this one is $3.20 yearly right now. But it ultimately shows you where that uh, that dividend is going. And they've had double-digit increases yearly. Um, I'm looking on here; it looks as far back as it goes. 2011. Uh, they've had, I mean, a lot of them are in the 20s. Mo- most of them are in the 20s. Uh, there were some 14%, 17%, 25, 21, 27, 12, 14, 27. So they they've up this uh, this dividend significantly from 2011 when it was 14 cents now it is 80 cents. So if you bought back in um, say 2011 and you were getting 14 cents a share and now you're getting, you know, 80 cents a share, you know, what's that? Six times. Um, You know, you're you're getting that larger payment to hold this stock year over year. And uh, you're also got a stock that's been growing like, uh, you know, wildfire in, in over this time as well. So you're getting those gains off of both ends. You're getting the larger dividend payment, which is ultimately buying you more shares, and that is a, a good strategy. That one that I was really trying to uh, bring into my portfolio early. That was really my main focus was these these companies that paid a larger dividend year over year and they grew. Um, you know, right now I, I do think that Lowe's and Home Depot, a lot of the retail stocks, are going to have some challenges on labor on material on um you know inflation that you know that's going to either cut into the margin or they're gonna have to pass it along to the customer uh so that is a bit tougher for them uh as well as a lot of the other retail establishments also so that might not be one that I'm looking at right now but uh like I said the the banks uh healthcare I mean like I'm going through this list I've got uh, Bristol Myers up 10% on the year United Health up 16% dividend on the year um, Procter and Gamble, 10%, uh, Eli Lilly, 15%, even, you know, and, and then if we look at some of the tech, Apple, 7.3%, uh, Visa, 17%. So, and then, you know, Abbott uh, Labs, 25% and 21, uh, with a 4.4% uh, dividend already announced for 2022, a 4.4% raise. So that's 29% more than if you would have bought it in 2019, just in that dividend payment alone. Um, So there is this, this constant, um, you know, raises on these companies, even in years that were tough for them Uh, going forward. Like I said, I think the healthcare is going to do well with uh, some of the the tailwinds of COVID and different testing and different uh, illnesses and problems and surgeries that have been put off different, different reasons to be in these names. Um, plus, you know, the banks are, are going to be more inflation or interest rate sensitive. So when we look at a, a company like uh city, just because I've, i mentioned that one before, um, I don't know why that's not pulling up. It looks like it's flat, but it shows me a increase of one cent, uh, in 2011 to 51, per, 51 cents on October 29th, but it doesn't tell me the change. So that one isn't really working on this site, but um, let me look up J.P. Morgan. See what we got. They did an 11% raise on the 5th of October. A, and that's 21. They did not do an increase in 20, which happened to a lot of companies. You know that was kind of an outlier of a year, but uh, you know, uh, 29 or uh, 2019, they did a 12%. 2018, they did a 42%. So you can use this information to see where they're at, see what the yield was then. Um, you know, Like I said, right now, the yields might be a little bit lower right now, simply because the stock prices have run up so much. Um, that will affect it, so it looks lower on paper. Also means sometimes that your stock price is a little bit rich. Um, you can look at your PE ratio also to see if that's uh, higher than it was two years ago. And kind of use those those different metrics to see where a good uh, buy point would be, uh, like on Caterpillar. You know, like I like a three percent on CAT, um, just historically speaking, as to be a gauge as to whether to buy or not. Uh, so right now they they did have that raise of seven point eight percent July nineteenth, um, but uh, the currently the the yield is only two point three percent. So it's a bit low, um, but you got to go back into and, and, uh, you know. Really, middle of twenty twenty to get that three percent. Um, so you can use that yield as a uh, as a guideline as to where to buy and historically what your value is. Uh, weigh that against your PE. Weigh that against some other different metrics that we've talked about, and ultimately, you know, see where you want to buy these names in order to build that that dividend income, and ultimately have these stocks buy more shares for you over the long term. Uh, It seems like not a lot, but uh, when, you know, like just on Caterpillar right now, um, currently the the amount uh, per dividend is $1.11. And when I bought it in uh, 2016, it was about 70, 77 cents, it looks like. So I'm getting, you know, a good amount more uh, in in order to hold these shares. Plus that stock price has done really well also. Um, so yeah, a bunch of different factors that play into uh, holding dividend stocks. Ultimately, they're going to pay you to hold them long term. Uh, you don't want to have a bunch of uh, capital loss over the long term by having names that aren't growing. Uh, that way you don't have uh, just the, the dividend payment that is going to pretty much be your income while the, the stock price uh, either drops or stays kind of stagnant over the long term. So for me, I'm looking at these, these stocks that are growing. Sometimes that does make the yield a little bit lower versus a stock that the, the share price stays flat, but the the dividend price slowly goes up. That is going to lead to a higher uh, dividend yield, but you don't have that um, the, the share price that's going to grow and accumulate for you as well. So you have to watch out for high yields with uh, share prices that don't really go any which way. So don't, don't get caught into a dividend trap or simply search on a, a stock screener for rising dividend payments or payments over 6% yield because there's often times that you're going to get stuck in a trap where the, the dividend is high, but the, that share price just does nothing for you. So take all those things into account, try to build that dividend portfolio Um, Like I said, we're going to be doing this, uh, this stock challenge, trying to see ultimately what we can do with this money over the next uh, 12 months and uh, really try to build for the future. Uh, If you want to support the channel again, anchor.fm slash let it grow. You can find us on Facebook, let it grow investing. And uh, you know, that's what I got for you guys today. Thank you for stopping in. Uh, Have a very Merry Christmas, Happy New Year and Happy Holidays. Uh, to all, and I will see you next week. Take care. As always, thanks for stopping by. Please make sure to like, subscribe by turning on the notification bell, and sharing this podcast to help our community grow. Check the links in the description for offers on eTrade, Binance, and crypto.com to get your investing journey started. You can also help support the podcast on our anchor.fm webpage. Until next time, let's get invested and let it grow.